This is Real Eyes Radio, Episode 4. We're jumping right in. Hey, hey, Rambo. Yep, you hear me clear. Yes, I can hear you clear. How are you? Good, good. I'm good today. Yourself? Pretty good. I just got off a two-hour live cast with uh, Rise Up podcast. They do it every Friday. They do like a, I've done it once with them and I was on for four hours last time. Oh yeah. I watched it. I watched it. Yeah. <laughs> I did the yeah, whole John Benet Ramsey thing. Yeah. Yeah. This time I was only on for two hours. Um, and we talked about space specifically. That sounds good. I'll, I'll listen to that. Yeah. I've had fun. a couple of me, um, couple of my favorite beers tonight. Oh, have you? <laughs> yeah. I just poured myself um, a glass of whiskey, so I'm gonna have that. It, I feel like it, it wasn't it wasn't an, a time to have it on my last one because I started recording at 2 p.m. But now that it's 4:30 p.m., it feels <laughs> feels like I can I can do that. Yeah, it's okay at that time. <laughs> mm-hmm. What do you think about this boat? This evergreen or ever given boat? Then, if has anyone asked you that on that on your last podcast? Then. No, we didn't talk about it at all. We didn't talk about it at all. And and just so I understand, Evergreen is the name of the boat. And then Evergiven is the company that owns it. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I mean, oh, it's fascinating. It's fascinating what's happening with it. The conversation, it's not just about the boat. You know, there's so much that's going to, there's so much that's going to flow from this, you know, Trey, they're already talking about the toilet paper shortage. And yeah, I think it's some sort of, it's like a symbolism. The code, yeah. Yeah. Like something's going to get stuck forever in, in our thought canal. Or something yes, like that. things getting stuck and not letting the flow. It's like a flow of information. It's a flow of goods. Maybe it's a flow of good information. Maybe that's what it means, you know. And it must, it's a bit funny how we had the Everard and then it, evergreen in the same month of march and they're calling it like i don't the women's history month now i didn't it's the first time i've heard of that over here it's called women's history month the (laughs) first of march the 31st of march wow oh here comes here comes how you guys doing good you how are you great all good great 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 we made it we were just talking me and rambo were just talking about the boat about the evergreen stuck in the canal you know what like beyond like looking at like one picture i haven't i don't know anything about it at all because it it seems so surreal Mm -hmm. i mean it's beyond the the ships one of them is called baraka it was called baraka yeah baraka and wasn't like the captain of the boat called osama as well I, I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the Brother Berg right, it is about Osama. Um, but also, what I've I seen is did you see that gif? The gif that was already on Twitter of the evergreen stuck. Oh, in, in, like in a hallway or something? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I'm yeah. thinking, was that there before? Because I kind of got this feeling that it was there before. I'm sure somewhat I've seen somebody post it like a week ago or so yeah it, it, it looks very similar to the uh to, to the bernie sanders mem remember that one yeah yeah it's strange isn't it all the information is coming from some one place you know but what what I was saying to human vibration then as well is um you've got that sarah everard in march and then you've got 
the evergreen and ever given yeah. boat. Yeah, it's like right. there's something there, I feel. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The whole situation is very strange. Um, well, I mean, it's not strange. It's, it, it looks like a video game, right? And it says, yeah, it, does, it doesn't look real. And it also, it says, there's a, is it 100, 150 million pounds worth of boat stuff? It, like, Yeah, yeah. It, well, t- 22,000 containers on the boat as well. Yeah. So it's, there's something coming from it, I reckon. <laughs> Some more fake stuff. That's what I was saying before on one of my tweets today. Is like that when we talk about oh, it's everything's fake and everything. It could all well be fake, but then they're suggesting these fake things to us, and we're making it real. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But the power of suggestion, and with us, because you could like. You can like suggest to a certain person like, oh, there's a scratch on your neck, and after a while, they'll be looking in the mirror for it, and you know. So it's like that. That's how I believe that it's working. So it is fake. What was? Well, I I believe that it is fake, and we're making it like with coronavirus, for instance. It's only because we believe what we're being told. They're suggesting that you can get sick, and we're <laughs> believing we're sick. Well. All, all the emotion of the fear is what I what, is what I was talking about with the like the loose the way I look at the metaphor of the loose building the houses you know like mm-hmm. like building the houses of the thought yeah basically the foundation is built upon the emotion but you got to get the emotion running up you know first uh, and and I think I think you're right about that that gif it puts it into our consciousness before the event actually happens you know similar to the predictive programming stuff yeah definitely yeah, so we we like kind of accept it accept it as real really yeah when i was scrolling through my uh timeline or my feed not my timeline the feed i saw a a post from reuters and it literally looked it looked like so cartoonish Uh, and you can't you know and it put up by the new a news agency um i don't know everything they post seems to be fake though really everything and the first time I ever come across them is on the um, the Beirut bomb. Oh and yeah, the Beirut. That's the first time I ever come across them, and that that was when I, everything I see from them now is is CGI, really. Reminds me of Zuma, Zuma Press, same same concept, major player, and all the trauma porn, all the imagery that comes out. You know, any any new big thing you know, missile strike or terrorist attack or, or coronavirus, you know, whatever comes out, it seems to be, have a stamp on it from, from Zuma Press. I, I got really familiar with them, with the John A. Ramsey case. Yeah. And then Rambo, you were talking about Reuters. Yeah. Yeah. Jump yeah. with the Beirut, when, mm-hmm. I, when I said that was fake, that was the first time I've ever really come across them. Yeah, and from now that all the sea is fake posted by them, and they delete some of them as well. Really? Oh, yeah. and they have a yellow and gray logo, don't they? Right now. Okay. Yeah, and it, I think it's is that one the Russian affiliated media? I can't I can't remember. And it says in, on the bottom now. Russian affiliated media. I don't know, but they're kind of like an AP, like an Associated Press. When you see something on Reuters, it's supposed to mean that it's been vetted. It's the official source, just like when we say AP Newswires, you know, like every there's no local news anymore. Everything picks up these these newswires, and the newswire owner operators are the AP News, AP News, Reuters is one of them, 
or it's just photo ap news is photos too do you believe do you believe in any journalist i don't i don't believe in any journalist that's a great question that's a great question i think there are some real journalists that are positioned not to really write real story nobody cares nobody at the top really cares what these people write they're just there to, to do a job that's been created to make it look like, look like these, these jobs are important. The real stories that matter, I believe, the real stories that turn the page of society, I think that those are all manufactured probably by fake journalists, by fabricated identities. When I say a fake journalist, I mean, I mean not someone who, who's pretending to be a journalist, like pretend he got a journalist degree and is masquerading as a journalist, but like more of an identity that's been created that has a name and that is putting out these authoritative articles and is, is now positioned as an authority on certain subjects. But behind about that is not a Andy Ngo. Oh, the Andy NGO, yes. You know, and he's got a cartoon as his avatar now and it's purple and everything he puts out to me is very suspiciously CGI. And he's got millions of, he's got many, 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 he's got probably the most followers of, of anybody in his, realm this like non-journalistic journalist kind of uh alter alternate journalist he's really popular but everything he everything that he shares seems to have you know the signature of lushiness very very energetically traumatic and also purple a lot of purples and stuff that he shares he's on my list you know you know who showed up in one of his videos who the guy zach the guy zach the gematria guy Oh yeah, yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, and he's well, he's well in the crew. Yeah, you know how these all these teenagers on on Twitter who who think that like the Jesuits are behind everything. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't really get that, but yeah, yeah, it's very, it's deep. It goes deep. Yeah, yeah. And and, and basically, uh, this guy Zach has uh, this Gematria news thing where he has like a hundred thousand subscribers or something. Wow. It's just been built. It's just been deleted. By, by design, I feel, but oh, it's, yeah, ju yeah. it's just been deleted from YouTube. Yeah, but he had like nearly hundred thousand or something. And what was his thing? What was his What was his main thing? He said he got like maced or something like that on an Andean Go video. Zachary Hubbard, he's called. Yes, yes, yes. Something, something's very, very suspicious about everything. Because what I think is that, you know how, like the news stories will have the Jesuit numbers in it, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And then they have the Zach guy telling all these teenagers that it's the Jesuits. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Jesuits, I mean, come on, running around. I mean, it's the most foolish conspiracy theory I've ever heard in my life. Does anybody, <laughs> I'm not really knowledgeable on what exactly Jesuit means other than a type of Christianity, like a, a, a Catholic, yeah, awesome. it's, just, it, it's like a it's like a special order within the Catholic Church. Okay, okay. So it's a category. Okay. They were considered like the scholarly, like the protector, the, the protectors of the knowledge kind of uh, crew, um, and and yet, uh, and, and it's almost like this, um, similar to the to the uh, the, the, the 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 guy's name Brown. Da Vinci Code. Da Vinci Are we Code. going Tom right. Hanks? Da Vinci yeah. Code. Michael Brown. Uh, Dan Brown. Dan, Dan Brown. Brown. Okay. Dan Brown. It's close. It, it, it hit the, his thing with the Opus Day, mm -hmm. uh, kind mm -hmm. of very similar to the Opus Day conspiracy theory, mm -hmm. but instead of Opus Day, it's Jesuits. Interesting. And, and very secretive. All these teenagers literally think that, like, like the Super Bowl was like orchestrated by the Jesuits. Mm. 
Very well, crazy. it does point, you know, if you watched, if you, if someone was filling your mind with the Jesuit discussion, the symbols, the, the whole Jesuit order stuff, just like the Da Vinci Code was full of fascinating, full of symbols. So if someone's feeding your mind with that, and then you watch the Super Bowl, which is extraordinarily designed in a way to appear, you know, to it's full of the symbols. It's full of all these, these, these hidden, hidden, not so subtly hidden messages. I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that, that, you know, that these, these kids are getting swept down that narrative path because you're, they're seeing it on the Super Bowl. You know, you're getting this, this, this esoteric knowledge from your Zachary, Gematria, you know, your, your, your Jesuit yeah. pictures. And I've watched him. I've watched him for quite, quite a while, really. Like, I, I went through a stage where I was watching it, his channel, and he does get a few, so he kind of does get some scores right, for instance, or mm. so where it kind of makes yeah, you... Yeah, he makes sense. He's a David Icke I character. Yeah, yeah, definitely is, is what you would call yeah. like people just throw the word shill around, but yeah, I'd say he was a shill. What do you guys think about David Icke? I'm so glad you brought that up, Murph. What do you think about David Icke? I get asked that a lot. Well, I think you know, he's kind of a kind of worse than a gatekeeper because he does say some things that that, that, that I mean, he, well, he's uh, say some things that are accurate, but mm. the stuff that's inaccurate is so wildly off base that it that it that it you know some people make the argument that. Well, certain things the guy says is okay is, are right, so you know, let, you know, let him be. But I think that as soon as some, as soon as somebody shows that there's that they have some kind of other agenda, um, you have to you have to throw it out completely because some people can't discern the difference. It's best to have them, you know, banished. He does do a lot of lizard stuff, right? Lizard people stuff. That was one of that's his a, that, that, that's his chick. That's his okay. I mean, yeah. kind of the guy who, he'll do like a two-hour speech and 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 110 minutes of it are great. And the last 10 minutes just goes off into wild wildness. Yeah, it's like he, he has to shit on his work to make mm. himself look look crazy, really. Mm. Like, so he's giving out, I feel like he is giving out bits and then making it sound just ridiculous at the same time, you know. So, like, it, you can, it can never be really taken seriously. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of the Q community in a way. You know, parts of it as separate as I feel now, as, as distant as I feel from the Q stuff, I can still look at it and see things through the human vibration lens that speak to me very deeply and feel very truthful. Now it's not at all coupled with a lot of everything else, the very tangled web of, of everything else that exists in the Q community, but this, this idea of, of embedding a tiny bit of truth within a whole world of bullshit, kind of the needle in a haystack scenario uh, I think there's something there. I think, yeah, David Icke, he could, like you said, 110 minutes, Murph, you said that he's, he's, he's right on, you're nodding your head, you feel really, you feel like he's, you're, you're connecting with that, and then he has to shit on it for some reason. Yeah, and he makes you kind of, he wants you to fear the government. I feel like that's part of his, oh, his role okay. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. To fear mm -hmm. the government, and he, he was talking about all this vaccine passport and everything way back, you know? yeah. Mm, okay, well, that's a red flag for me. That's a really, that's anytime, anytime there's a truth teller that is also telling you that the government's a really big, scary, all powerful, all knowing entity, it makes me, it makes me, it makes me take a step back because I have a personal belief that everything that we're told about the government is really just designed to make us think that it's a much more powerful, it's, it's a projection of strength and a projection of power and a projection of all these things and capability. When in reality, everything's running through this 
um, corporate level and uh, kind of like local lo local municipal level, like the federal government that we're taught and told of, doesn't doesn't really, I don't really know if it is 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 nearly as robust or if it's just designed to appear that way through 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 clever stage design and through clever anyway. Well, that's another thing, David. I does it keeps you away from certain things, mm -hmm. and it doesn't really talk about the numbers very often either that's another thing that i've noticed Ooh, in what way kind of how the numbers don't add up yeah and how no know how we get reoccurring numbers all the time it, it doesn't mm. i don't i've never really heard him talk he's talked about it before and he's also talked about colors as well oh really but he said the cult yeah and he talked about the colors turquoise as the color that they use and everything like this so he's for me, I, I feel like he's trying to misdirect the colours there. And he said that while he was wearing a turquoise tracksuit with a purple <laughs> shoulder he on it. He does wear purple all the time. David Icke is always wearing purple. And he's got that white hair. He's got that red face. But yeah, he's, he's he kind of has a weird a weird look to it. Yeah, he, he is kind he is a, he's a major gatekeeper. And he? everyone kind of goes through him at some point. And you either stay with what he's saying or you kind of see through it after a while you know great point yeah great point because I definitely remember when I first learned of David Icke he was positioned as as a an advanced like you were leveling up almost you were leveling up on your your truther <laughs> IQ if you if you came into the world of David Icke and I remember my first impression being like lizards <laughs> really we're here this is this is me leveling up as lizard people I thought that, that was like Quite a lot of people believe in the reptilians, though, don't they, and stuff. But I think it's more of just the word, the the way like describing them rather than it's actual a lizard. You know. Oh, I'm so glad you mentioned that because what is a lizard but green? You know, a green person, and and you've seen those full body green suits that they use in Hollywood to to do like the the, G, the GFX and SFX. You know, oh, yeah. the, I wonder if that's a rep, if that's a lizard person, just like the green suit CGI. It looks like a frog. Looks like Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it could be. The, Might the as well be. Suits, I think it's called the, just the green suit, isn't it? Yeah, it's you called know? the green suit. And it does look lizard-like. And they used those in Avatar. They use those in Avatar. I mean they use them really in whenever there's whenever they're capturing the, the physicality and the facial um, composition of, of, a, of an actor and then transporting that. Into and also though, it could just be like, if that, I, I'm more leaning towards what you're saying in a way, but it could just be that that person's like a snake, the, the snakes that run the, run the place, you know. Metaphorical, like a snake or yeah. literal. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. You know, our spinal column is shaped like a snake reptilian like uh the, ver the, the the vertebrae um coil. the coil and even our dna the coil of, of of our dna structure is like a double helix is almost like that medicinal intertwined snake that's going up the the the, the symbol of uh, the medicine on medicine it's like yeah but i don't think that's accurate though mm. well i've always wondered why there's snakes in medicine you know he also talks about like the vibrational frequencies quite a lot, doesn't he? Have you heard him talk about that? David Icke? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I feel what like he's he dropping certain truths in that really, that because there is some sort of vibration between us. 
So he talks about well, the energy between people, like yeah, like between people. So oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Oh, I have to catch that. I actually have missed. I haven't. I haven't ever heard him say that. I really need to go. Maybe that's one of the truths that he's. Huh. There's something. There's. I believe that everything he says. There's something in it, but he tries to either twist it and then he'll throw a load of rubbish out, like the moon's a hollow and there's people living in it and stuff like that. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kooky. Googie stuff. Murph, what were you saying about um, that? You made me so curious. What were you saying about the, the coils of the snake in medicine being a mis a misinterpretation? Well, I, I, when you mentioned the DNA, the DNA has the double helix coils. Oh, DNA. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's similar to like the way that we that we that we've that we've begun to think about viruses. Like the, the way that we picture it, it mm-hmm. it's not accurate because I don't think you can actually see it. Like you know, they can't put it under a microscope and it doesn't. I don't think it looks like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a like an artistic rendering hey that goes back to our yeah that goes back to our talk last week about electron microscopy electron microscopy (laughs) and the fact that what you are witnessing through the electron microscope or scientists are witnessing through the electron microscope is a complete gener you know generation of the computer it's a cgi image in every sense of the word Kind of interesting. Yeah, that, you know, we are told our DNA has a structure of what, 33 and uh, what, 33 columns and is a devil helix, like an intertwined snake. (sighs) That could be all BS, honestly. Well, I'm leaning towards that it is very strongly at this this point, especially with with all the information that that, that the false information we got about, um, you you know, for the past uh, year or so. Uh, maybe even more um, people are concerned about the, you know, all the altering of our, the DNA. I mean, that's the, uh, that's the, that's the biggest issue they have with the vax around the vax. I mean, yes. people think that it's an alter the DNA and, you know, given an in, in, inheritable uh, defect. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like the, the, the form of mind control. Of that is like, mm-hmm. we're not just going to mess with you. We're going to mess with your offspring for like eternity. <sighs> yep. That's a, that's a big one. Yeah. That's a, mind, that's a mind mutation yeah mm-hmm. mutation mind. like that and it's the mrna aspect right we're talking about how the, the the vaccine today we're told that it has an mrna component that will that will is specifically designed to somehow reprogram our mrna i'm not even certain what mrna is in comparison to our whole dna structure but Am I correct? And and that there's some mRNA component and that's what everyone's, it seems wild, but that's that's out in the open. That's not a conspiracy, right? Well, well, that's the thing about it is is they've said, they're talking out of both sides of their mouth. Mm -hmm. In the one hand, if you go on to like the CDC website and and look up like things about like, you know, you know, FAQs, like Mm -hmm. the FAQ sheet on, on the vax and like the typical kind of boilerplate questions as to, you know, you know, dispelling the myths It'll say like, you know, the question, you know, does the COVID vaccine um, alter people's DNA? And they said, no, you know, that's a common misconception mm-hmm. in the anti-vax community. It doesn't do that. All it does is basically is, 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 is cause a, a protein spike to mimic, to mimic the, the symptoms of, of the virus mm-hmm. uh, to combat it. But mm-hmm. and, but they've also, Bill Gates has also come out and, and has, has comments where see, there's things where he said both things, right? So, so the people who want to believe one will say, oh, look, I have proof he said this. And the people who want to believe the other story also have proof that he said it because he said both things. And mm-hmm. I mean, 
and who knows? I mean, people could say, oh, that's a fake video. And maybe the, 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 the funniness about the situation is all of the videos are fake. <laughs> I mean, so there's no real Bill, G Bill Gates saying any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So it, like a classic kind of thing, I call it the, um, you know, like a, you know, a, a bluff, uh, a bluff kind of situation where they'll put out the information and, and then backtrack and say that it never happened. And then, you know, all the people who believe in it, conspiracy theorists, which then makes the conspiracy theorists believe that he's correct because he does have proof that what he's believing is true. And then he has people in authority saying that they never said it, causing the cognitive dissonance. And he can't realize that the whole thing is a joke instead of, mm -hmm. you know, instead of the one particular slice of it. I feel that. Yep. It's a long con. It's a long game. It's a, it's a long psychological game. It happens over a lifetime. It's a, fab a Faberge egg. Ooh, right? it's or extraordinarily ornamental and extraordinarily fragile, but it's so shiny and, and pretty that it keeps our, it holds our fascination. But if we were to just tap on it, we could see how easily it falls apart. Is that what you mean? Well, I guess so. It's just, you know, just very complex and you know, expensive. <laughs> <laughs> it is expensive to keep up this to keep up the charade. I just did a I just did a whole deep dive on space, you know, on, and of course it's human vibration picking apart space, and just really looked at it from, you know, from the lens of of the extraordinary measures it takes for Hollywood to keep this going, to keep space going, and how space is basically like a, a Disney production, and how we don't go to Disneyland like we all live in Disneyland every day of our lives, you know. Walt Disney, the world of Disney, it shaped our entire understanding of what space looked like before we'd ever had one photograph of space, before we'd ever been there. And, and miraculously, space looks like what Disney imagined space to be, which is pretty wild if you think about that. And, you know, even now, like through our media, so that was then, that was like in the 60s and 70s, 50s, 60s and 70s, that we were kind of getting our understanding of outer space from Disney. And now Disney owns everything. Disney owns ESPN and ABC and uh, a lot of news outlets are run through the Disney world, you know, Disney umbrella. So it's interesting how it was shaping our world then is shaping our world. Now we talk a lot about screens and basically if it's coming through our screens, that's our God Disney. Yeah, this is a, this is a Disneyland. And, and that's a lot of money. You think about like the, the production element. Oh, and that reminds me, Elon Musk had a really wonderful, we, we've talked about Elon Musk a lot on this podcast, but um, Elon Musk is fascinating to me. And he talked a lot about how the production, the production is the most difficult part of space travel. And, you know, we kind of hit on this before, theatric, the, the theatrical element of it, but there's so much truth to that because he could be talking about the manufacturing, you know, making the rockets and producing these, these incredible machines. But he could also be talking about the video production, the soundstage, the lighting, the, the production, the visual production of it all is the most difficult and costly part of space travel is making it look like we went to space. <laughs> you know, who knows? I, I think that that's what he meant, actually. I, I, I think when I hear it and he repeats it, he kind of like, it's like, okay, Elon, we get it. We get it. You're producing your stuff. It's, one, it's like one of those things that, that, like a lot of things, that if you say the truth, people don't even believe it anymore. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, he also said that whole thing about how it looks, it looks so fake. It has to be real. Or you know it's real because it looks so fake. Like, yeah. like okay, Elon, okay. <laughs> so like when you go out, when you go out and look into the sky, what do you see? Do you see space? Or do you, no. what, what do you see? Or do you see a top? Like, Day or a night? Top? 
Day or night? Night at night time. When you look out at the stars, do you see space or do you see it as like a top, like a lid? Looks like a planetarium to me. You know, it looks indistinguishable from like a dome, a dome style planetarium. No, I'm not saying that I know that it's yeah. a dome, but it sure looks yeah, that's like my some sort of as dome. Well. Looks like the walls are coming down just perfectly around the center. You know, it's like every viewer, every person in the point zero has their own perspective of, of like where the dome comes down perfectly for where we are standing. And at any moment, we never get closer or farther from the curve of the perfectly sloping dome around us, the, the sky. It's kind of interesting. The perspective of each viewer is interesting. This, but it does look like, um, you know, when you talk about the night sky, there's a really interesting thing about how Polaris always stays in the same spot, the star Polaris. And then if you do a time-lapse photography, all of the other stars rotate around it, which it seems like we're fixed and we have another fixed thing of Polaris star is what it looks like to me in the night sky. What do you think? What do you guys think? Have you ever seen the Crater Earth guy on YouTube? Mm. Mm -mm. And he believes like we're just in a, a crater of a of an, a big of Earth much bigger than we think it is, and that is why it seems flat. The Earth seems flat. That's Does why there's an argument. We're seeing a Earth. reflection of the a Earth. Reflection, he yes. believes we the Moon is a reflection of the crater that we're in. I have seen that. I have seen this. I can't quite wrap my head around the mechanics of it, but to be honest, I don't think that anything is less or more crazy than what we're told in school. So if you want to throw crater earth onto my things to consider, I will absolutely consider it. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's at this point, it makes more sense than what, than what I learned in school. So I'm happy, I'm happy to do crater. And that actually, you know, that's kind of interesting because we can't figure out what the moon is either. You know, the moon is a phenomenon. The moon is, the moon does not appear to be what they say it is. It's almost like a translucence, almost like it's a projection. There's something, there's something unphysical, aphysical, anti-physical about the moon, right? Like the properties of it, when you look up at it. And it looks like it has its own light. It looks like it's, does it look like it's reflecting the sun's light? It looks like it's a cooler, different, it looks almost like self-illuminated. Yeah, I agree. It has its own, it has produces its own light. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I have seen some studies on how the moonlight is colder than shadow in, a, in the nighttime. And so if you are, stuck camping or something instead of being under the moon in the in the middle of a forest or something you should find a, a tree to sleep under and be in the shade because moonlight is actually colder than than shade which i find fascinating because if the moon is reflecting sunlight you'd think that it would be the opposite you'd think that there would be some sort of residual heat coming off the the, the reflection of the moon but to me that the fact that it actually makes it colder than shadow makes me believe that there's some sort of uh, unique temperature signature to um, to the moonlight. So something, some, that's, a, that's a head scratcher. I like those things. One of those things that makes me want to do an experiment on my own instead of believe just the YouTube videos that I've watched on the subject. <laughs> we should all be on the hook for that though, honestly. I went through my, my flat earth phase with all going crazy watching all the Eric Dubé videos. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they're very well done. Very well done, and uh, it's interesting to, to, to 
because now I'm, I'm, I don't know, I, it's been a while since I looked at any of the flat earth stuff, but there was a period where such a fascinating subject. You couldn't, you couldn't stop Absolutely. thinking about it. Absolutely. Great rabbit hole though. Yeah, it's a great rabbit hole. I've got people that are close to me that, that, that um, seem to be truthers, but they're very stuck on the flat earth stuff. It's all right. You know, that's just, it's still makes for a very fun conversation. I just, I just don't have, I don't, I don't care what the shape is. And I don't think yeah, the shape, I don't there's know. something, it's something that you can always only talk about. You can never, yeah. never really get to the bottom of that one. I don't think. Yeah. And I think it's designed to be emotionally, we have two sides for a reason. You can really only be ball or you can really only be flat. You know, there's, there's not much space <laughs> there's not much allowance for for something in between even though you know i've heard you know D neil degrasse tyson who i i loathe him and bill nye ugh, disinformation agents but neil degrasse tyson was on a um a late night talk show one time and said that the shape of the earth isn't round or flat or isn't round perfectly round he didn't say the word flat he said it isn't perfectly round or spherical he said it's more of an eggplant shape an oblong spheroid. And I remember thinking, there's no way that could be true. Because if that is true, that means like every piece of, of, of formula or mathematics that NASA has ever done, calculated based on the trajectory of the shape of the earth and, and, and re-entrance cycles into a spherical atmosphere, they weren't calculating for oblong spheroid eggplant shapes you know we're calculating for sphere earth everything we know all of our mathematics all of our advanced rocketry science it calculates for spherical planetary objects and so it felt very casually um it felt casually disruptive for neil degrasse tyson to say that he was just like oh by the way yeah it's probably a spheroid or probably not sphere it's probably a whatever eggplant and it made me think of they can just they can just do whatever they want they can just tell us whatever they want and one day we're going to have to speak up when it doesn't make sense. You know, one day we're going to have to go like, no, you know, you've told us it's a ball. And then you've said all these things because it's a ball. You got to stick with the ball. You can't, you know, if you change, if you change all, if you change, if you change the shape, all of the mathematics connecting to that, to, to the previous shape has to be changed too. But we're not, we don't, have, we're not reprinting our school books. We're not, you know, kind of interesting. Who knows who's really writing this script? I'm not sure. But it, what, what, I do, what I do see is that they love to change it and not explain it and then pretend they didn't change it. And then it's a little switcheroo, intellectual switcheroo, intellectual shell game feels like to me, you know, where they're just, it's like a boardwalk game. House always wins. House always wins. As long as, as, long as somebody falls into the argument. Yes. Right? They don't care either which way. If people are walking up against a globe, or think it's flat, or think it's a crater, or think it's a concave. And, and frankly, it's probably none of these things. Right. All right. What do you think, Rambo? Where have you, what, what held your fascination the longest on the shape of the earth? I'm kind of like in the middle. I, I don't want to commit to either side kind of thing because I don't know. And mm -hmm. it's something that we could never know. So I've never said, oh, I'm a flat earther. Or I've never said, I, I, I just feel like I know it's not a globe. Yeah. But I don't know it's flat. Yeah. So I don't want to say I'm a flat earther. So I'm kind of just like, I'm kind of in the middle. I do feel like it's a dome, though. That's something I do feel. I feel as a dome. And I think Earth is bigger than what what we imagine, what we think it is. And I don't 
necessarily think it's a crater either. I just think it's bigger than what what we're told. Mm. I think as long as long as people don't think it's endless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's I, I, that's what I'm thinking lately. Is that a whole conception of it? The Rambo made me think of that. Um, you know, it, the idea whether or not it's flat or whether it's a globe. We're still thinking in the idea that it's a part of like a, a larger universe that just mm-hmm. infinitely out. expanding no. in every direction, every direction at all times, rocketing through this endlessly expanding space. Yeah, yeah. Well, some opposite. people commit enough to it to say, right, I'm a flat earther. I'm a flat earther, mm-hmm. and I don't like commit to that that much, you know, because you you can't prove it to anyone. Yeah, you can say, oh, the sea level's flat. Well, the sun's not as far away as as they say it is. Oh, the moon's not not an, like a physical object, but then we still can't prove any of it, and none of it really with the flat with the Earth thing hard to re- really make sense. There can be a different perception of it from everyone. Can't know yeah. what what it looks like. Yeah, I think the most compelling argument is the 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 water, like you said, Rambo. You know, the sea level water always finds its level. That's what we're told in in, in physics. And I think that if we are able to extrapolate that and think about water across a vast ocean, we where you know if if water always finds its level, and a level by definition is a flat plane with zero curve, then you know how can the ocean curve? So that that for me was always pretty compelling. Um, on the other hand, we can only we can't really see that far in the ocean. And also something else that makes me think about this is the Noah's Ark thing and the, the mm-hmm. flooding of the earth. Mm-hmm. How do you flood a ball? <laughs> yeah, where's the water? Yeah, yeah. How does the water rise up past all of the, yeah. And where does the water come from? Where does the excess water come from? And then where does it go to ever allow for another another earth? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And then they try to explain earth formations with volcanoes, how volcanoes erupt and create new earth bodies, um, island chains, continents, structures. I don't really believe in volcanoes anymore. <laughs> no, I, I don't yeah. believe in volcanoes I, either. Not the way that they explain them. Did you guys the see the footage of the, of the one in Iceland? Uh-huh. Yeah, it was uh-huh. a little fake to me. Uh-huh. Looked purple Didn't look to me. Lot. Didn't look real to me. Uh-uh. Yeah. No, there's something up because it really ties to like the liquid hot magma at the center of the earth and that's all revolving around a ball you know i i just yeah, don't it's buy like it. what i don't get is how it's melting <laughs> rock and yeah. the filming that close to it and then you right. test it with like like a little chicken probe or something to <laughs> check if <laughs> check the temperature of it uh-huh. mm-hmm. but it's melting rock <laughs> It seems it's in they fly a drone. I saw that there's always like some dr- brave drone operator that flies very close. But, and, but, but Rambo, to your point, yeah, I just don't think they could get that close with that type of. I've equipment. been to a place that claims it's a volcano. It could, it, they call it volcanic rock. It's Lanzarote and they have um, a volcano there. And I went and you can have chicken cooked on it and they stick your chicken down this hole and it comes out cooked and it's like blowing heat out. But so there's, something there but i don't think it's orange lava <laughs> the chicken comes out orange like you're like this is just hot sauce Come on. <laughs> just dips into like a yeah like a, <laughs> a vat of hot sauce they're like no it's lava it's lava trust us it's, it's boiling hot lava 
that's kind of interesting you know but the earth does have heat pockets it you, who, who knows uh, what they're tapping into there is heat in the earth you know you can go to hot springs these 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 places in, in very cool uh, very even cold cold climates where there's heat coming up from the from from the earth and it, it's heating the water around it and you can kind of like be in these warm spring areas and very cold places so there's something there's something happening within the earth that is you know is is heat heat based but i don't think it's I don't think it's liquid hot magma magma at the center. Yeah, yeah. and then they love from volcanoes, to... they can give you the like earthquakes, and then they can give you tsunamis. All all kind yeah. of linked, aren't they? Yeah, and they they all go back to, to to climate change as well. Like a lot of the tsunamis, the conversation around tsunamis and and uh, those other types of natural disasters. That I are... don't know how they did it. Yeah. I don't know how they did it in Thailand, but they did, and uh, I don't feel like it was real. <laughs> I feel like there was something not real in that tsunami. Right? When you look back at it now, it, a lot of the video doesn't look real, and it's kind of all staged for this yeah. scare factor. Like when you're watching a scary movie, it feels. Yeah. I think some of these, you know, the Thailand tsunami, I think that actually happens not in a very populated place in Thailand. I think that those, I think there probably is weather events, but I think they happen specifically in places that are not well populated and they can say something happened much, much more aggressively than it actually did. And they can make the narrative because, because the eyewitnesses just aren't there. But the huge tsunami in, in Thailand that basically, you know, supposed to have, have killed many, many, many people, and they had a movie about it. It happened in a place that was had very little action. I don't think it was as. That's it. Once you have a movie about it, though, that's kind of game yeah. over, really, for me. If true. I see a movie about it, then. Yep. Yep. True. Putting it into your mind, aren't you, of the the story that that's what happened, and you you will just remember the movie from then on. <laughs> the movie about the Thailand thing was called The Impossible. If you watch the Japan one, that just looks that looks even worse. I think there's some there's something there's something I, I may think maybe they've just it's all computer, you know, like and they maybe there's something that they do where the, the townspeople believe it's happened, but nobody sees nothing as usual. Yeah. Do you think that it has something to do with like sectioning off parts of the you know parts of the city? Yeah, and censor it, censoring as yeah. well, you know. And so everything that you're seeing is from the news. You're not, you're not actually as a, as a viewer. Even if you live there during a disaster, you're not actually seeing firsthand account. You're seeing just you're watching in your own home. And you might hear a bang as usual, or some. You might yes, hear something that booms, makes sirens. the illusion real. But I just don't believe it. Believe it happened for some reason. I don't. I can't put my finger on why, but I just don't believe it when I look back at it. That's so interesting because it really does solve for the weather modification debate. I I wonder, you know, weather modification sounds very scary. Are they modifying the weather? And maybe maybe they are. I don't want to throw out that entire concept because they're maybe they are. You know, I think weather is energy. And I think that maybe if you can manipulate the energy, you can manipulate the weather. But also I think that there's some deception. And if going you can, on. yeah, you can manipulate the weather, you can manipulate everybody's mood. Oh my yeah. gosh. Uh, yes. If you can manipulate the weather, you can mani manipulate the behavior of the public. Absolutely. And the moods. So do you believe that they can, I kind of, um, 60, 40 that they can do it. Mm. Like, I'm kind of talking myself it, into it. <laughs> yeah. I believe it's done by NASA. 
like these uh-huh. space agencies that's what i where i believe it's being done by if, if they if they are to be doing it yeah they're not doing space stuff that's for sure <laughs> yeah something that i noticed just this year really is every time they shown us some sort of launch mm-hmm. it would snow just randomly like we had a lot of snow here this year Interesting. and it's just randomly snowing every the next day after a launch and i watched it happen like three or four times and i was like Hmm. I don't believe in coincidences, but it's just something that I was taking. Oh, every time it, there's some sort of launch, whether it be NASA, SpaceX, there's always like a change, a drastic change in the weather. Yeah, maybe human energy, because we all get wrapped up in these events. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me to learn that shared human energy can affect the weather that we could invite whether, you know, just like a rain dance, like a metaphorical proverbial rain dance where you, you, you did a certain set of actions and you, you rustled up just enough energy, energy within yourself and vibration within your, within the ground to make something happen in the sky. I wonder, I wonder if some of these, some of these events that we watch, I wonder if these are rain dances in a way, like it well, it riles us up as humans. It gets us into a certain energy state and, in, 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 in weather happens. I don't know. Hmm. Could be. Do you believe it, Murph? Weather, weather manipulation? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I, I did uh, for a little bit when I was into the Judy Wood uh, story for the 9-11. Oh, that, yes, that, yes. That, was, that was part of it, actually. They, they, they. It was one of the actually. Someone was tweeting uh, just yesterday about uh, the hurricane Aaron. Like, there's kind of a confusion, and it, and people think it's kind of a Mandela effect as to whether or not there was a hurricane. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, back on September 11th, and mm-hmm. and there was different uh, news reports that uh, basically they say that um, that that everything was fine. And there was just a, a storm uh, off on the Atlantic coast. And the part of the Judy Wood story was how, how quickly the dust left uh, the towers. Mm-hmm. Right? The big question is, you know, where did I, where did I go? Mm-hmm. You know, where did the towers go? Mm-hmm. And the, the video was manipulated to, to make it look like the dust was uh, being basically literally sucked mm-hmm. uh, away from, from, from uh, uh, from the rest of the city, and and the story of, with the conspiracy theory is that uh, is that th- th- they were doing weather manipulation to, to basically suck all the dust out <laughs> um, over the ocean, and and they called it a hurricane, mm. uh, and and as part of the whole um, you know setting off nuclear weapons. So the thought is that they they coincided, they purposefully rustled up this hurricane activity weather to to coincide with 9-11 for the explicit purpose of taking away this dust cloud they knew would be, talk about well-timed, yeah, damn. Watch the videos uh, that that Judy Wood shows during her lecture, Mm -hmm. it wasn't a lecture. It's like, it was kind of like, kind of very similar, the same exact uh, energy as the the Klaus Schwab Fear, fear, yeah, 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 I got it. Yeah. Like a fake university. Yes. With, with fake everything and whatever. Fake, fake vision, fake, always a purple, black background. Yeah, yeah always. It made, I don't know how you could believe it for very long, but similar to that, uh, during her lectures, it would show videos that, you know, it makes somebody really believe. It's very, belie- it's, it's believable. When, you, when you've spent a long time looking at all the crazy theories, mm-hmm. when you find Judy, uh, Judy Wood, it does seem somewhat plausible. 
Um, and and, and the, the videos are tailor-made to fall into it. We have talked about how well-designed this whole trap is. They, kudos, kudos to the designers because it is, it is sticky and it is good and it is deep. Yeah, it's hard to get out. The videos and like the, 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 the typical uh, conspiracy theory video music. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Something that makes yeah. me believe it though, out of everything is snow. Ooh, tell me, what do you mean? Snow like it's part of Christmas, it's all, and I've seen like a few things over time. People like burning snow. Have you seen that before? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and I've seen a video recently, and it was in the Texas. Oh, and there's this guy burning snow. I've, I've never tried it myself, so I can't. I can't say. But then, it's like it's going black. Yeah, I did see a lot of that. I during the time I live in a place that got bamboozled by snow just last month. We were a snowpocalypse, you know, and I remember thinking that. I remember I wonder when this snow is going to melt. I wonder if it's going to melt. And because I was seeing a lot of those videos about how the snow was just not melting when they were taking their butane lighters and trying to melt it, and it was not melting in the videos. I saw those. However, the snow melted very quickly. It it was once once the temperature it was like hard frozen for six days because we were below, you know, below, below freezing. And then once we got above 32 degrees Fahrenheit for a, two, for two days, all the snow melted it was with just in the, just in the sunlight. Yeah, it can just go, it can just come and it can just go. But like, I just don't understand how it snows. It's in, it is interesting that we were all, we were all experiencing weather phenomenon. And then we were all seeing at the same time, a lot of questioning on what this stuff is made out of. We were meant to see all those videos for sure. You know, and I think we are meant to question. We're meant to question what's going on with, with our world around us. This is the time. And weather is such a, a, an integral part of humanity because it's the great equalizer. If you're not prepared for the elements, you know, it's game over. And, and, some people are more prepared than others, you know? Uh, I hate cold weather, I hate it. But I will, I will happily be uncomfortably hot, not just uncomfortably warm, not just hot, but sweltering hot, happily. And, and people around me are like, oh, it's so hot here. Like, you know, you get into a hot car in the summer and it's like, it's, you know, and everyone's like, ah, oh, roll down the windows. And I'm like, oh, windows are broken. We can't roll them down, I'm so sorry. We just gotta drive like this for the next 10 minutes. <laughs> I love it. I love that sensation, but get me in like 50 degree temperature and I fall apart. I'm, I'm not meant for, for anything less than room temperature, but there are people that are, I think there's diversities like in our ability to tolerate cold because there's some people that are just built for the cold. They're, they're, they're born and bred in cold climates and cold does nothing. Like us in the UK, it just rains all the time. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> where, where I am anyway. How do, okay, so emotionally, Rambo, how do you deal with the rain? And I mean, forget the physical, the physicality of weather. That's one thing. The emotional element of weather, I think, is very important. Yeah, as in, it can have an effect on your mood, can't it, really? But yeah. it's, it just depends on your outlook, really. I, I kind of, doesn't affect me too much. But yeah, some people, it, like sometimes it can be like sunny for a day. Everyone's out in the sunglasses, all happy and everything, walking the dogs in the park. Then it's raining for another month. That would be miserable for me. Yeah. It's grey all the time. Where I am, anyway. (laughs) How about you, Murph? How are you with the cold? What's what's your ideal climate? I like it hot too. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I was meant to be in a tropical place. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't like it. I'm not a. I'm not a. uh, 
a cold enthusiast. Mm-hmm. What a mountain. I mean, New York City, Brooklyn, you're right by that water. It's windy. It's windy, it's windy yeah. where I am right now. It's crazy. Um, well, you're right on the water. But uh, I don't know. I've been here my whole life, so I got used to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I prefer to the tropics. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so interesting, too, because our migratory patterns or just our life like so much of our life is revolves around the climate of the space that we're in. You know, I would have, I would have a really hard time moving to a place that had a lot of snow because I'm, I'm simply just not equipped. My vehicle is not equipped for that type of behavior. My, my wardrobe is not equipped for that type of stuff. You know, so much of the, the decisions that we make, whether it's the car that we drive or the clothes that we wear or the way that we do anything about our day, you know, it's, it's weather-based, it's weather-based. So if you're gonna manipulate the people you can manipulate the weather. And the Truman Show, you know, obviously one of my favorite movies ever, uh, they had the weather manipulation function where they could just dial up the danger, you know, the, the, the storm, they could dial up the, the, the wind and the thunder and the lightning and the, the, they could just whip everything up into a frenzy at the, at the touch of a button. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? That would be wild. If they could, you know, that that's that's a whole other conversation about what's going on here. If a lot of these weather things that are truly uncomfortable and, and truly do cause discomfort, my power was out for almost a full week, no power, no water and freezing temperatures. That's that can get very dangerous. I'm, I'm lucky, but it can get very dangerous to, you know, this is real stuff, real effects. We talk about fake stuff all the time, but this weather, this weather, this weather stuff is real. And if they're manipulating it. Yeah. I'm, but I'm leaning towards that they can. I don't know why, but I just do. Just because of the weird snow we've had this year and yeah. when I look back on recent like other times and you're like, I think it's... And also, it also shows that we're not spinning because why don't we get the weather that Australia get, which is on the other side of the world? At some point, that should be here, shouldn't it? Right. It should make its way over. Exactly. And yeah, dust storm. Well, they do tell us dust storms travel from country over the ocean. They tell us that sometimes. But when I think about that, I think about sandstorms. I think it's just smoke and smoke. And what is sand but a mirror, you know, and what is mirror but an illusion? I think sometimes when they tell us about these sand things, it's just an, it's just a, a pervert, a, a, you know, like a, a, a smoke and mirrors display. Um, and maybe that connects to the ash on 9-11 too. You know, the ash was such a big part of the story post 9-11, but what is ash essentially? If you were to roll all that ash up together, you could build yourself a mirror. Once once they stopped, um, they stopped all flights, it's a few years back, because mm-hmm. of volcanic ash. Oh yes, sky. that was volcanic ash. Oh man, okay. Yeah, wow. Oh, and that goes to, there's whole civilizations. There's entire civilizations that have been taken down by volcanic ash. Pompeii, right? Where, where the, oh gosh, when you learn in, the, when you learn in school, you see those images of the people running away terrifying. and they're frozen and- Terrifying. Oh. I was terrified when I was a kid. Terrified by that. Can't get that out of my head. I can't terrifying. get that out of my head. And they're, they're, it's like a mother and child and they're running away and they're frozen in the ash. They were just like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, that's Lushi. That's that's Lushi. That's very Lushi. And that that's something that we all learn in school. And it's like- Made to stay in your mind forever, made, I yes. think. Yes, 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 for sure. Made to, made to 
made to be um, imprinted, one of those imprinting things in your mind. You know, and you know, we kind of talked about space a little bit earlier, but space is something we also learn in elementary school. And space has a lot of Lucy aspects to it. You know, all of like the Challenger and the Columbia, they both, you know, blew up and, and, and both of them killed all the, all the inhabitants, all the souls on board. You know, they happened, you know, decades apart, but it, it's like kids, kids gathered together in assemblies to watch that stuff. And then those blew up. And I think they blow up on purpose by design. I don't, I personally don't think that the loss of life is it, what it, they Nobody's tell. on them. I don't nobody's think there's anybody on, on them. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think there's anybody on those things, but I think that they're meant to scare the living daylights out of us. I think like 9-11, like I've done a tweet on it the other day, like, if you're over a certain age, you will know exactly where you were and yeah. what you were doing when that come on the news. Oh, and yeah. it's like, that's kind of, again, it's like a a mental like thing they've left in your mind, a scar, if anything. You, that It takes you back to that exact moment. Whenever, whenever I think of it, I can remember exactly where I was wow. and what I was doing. An open wound after all these years, it's still an Even open... though I know it's fake, do I, even though I know uh-huh. it's not what they told us. Yeah. It's still there, exactly as I picture it. The plane mm. crashing into the towers. That remind you know, well, you know, it's interesting about an open wound. No matter what color your skin, the color of an open wound is always pink, and the color of a bruise is always purple. You know, these 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 pinks and purples, these colors of illusions, they represent something even deeper. Like whenever I think that I've hit the bottom of what purple represents or pink, you know, I'm always, I'm always shockingly surprised. These things really do imprint on us. They traumatize us. They are wounds. They may not be physical wounds on our, on our body necessarily, you know, as, but. Yeah, because we- I can look at it now and think, right, that was CGI planes. And I feel like that's where I'm at with it, that it was all CGI. And yeah. what we've seen on the screen was fake, but I can still feel it inside. Oh, yeah. From, when at, at the age it was when it happened you know it's yeah. like I can still picture it exactly how I see it so it's in a way it's like a mental I, I think it's like a like a psychological scar yeah. like in you imprinted in you that you can flash back to that moment every time yeah. you know yeah it's like a tattoo it's like a tattoo on our yeah. brain forever yeah. there yeah and you're right, no matter how, you know, if you're in a certain age category, if you're old enough to remember, you will, you, it's not just to remember that day, but you'll remember where you were when you learned, which I think is really significant too. It's, it's because there's not so many, there's not so many events that do that. So 9-11 is definitely one of them, you know, one of them that we don't just remember, we don't just remember the event itself or, or, or the, the age we were when it happened, but we actually can like picture ourselves sitting in our little school desks or, you know, going, go, you know, on the train to go to work that day or, or you know, feeding your, your, your kids breakfast or whatever. You kind of can, you really can go back there. And it shows that our memory has a very, very significant tether to emotional. Um, uh, Princess Diana, that's another one. That's oh, another yeah. one that stays with everybody, yeah. you know. I doubt, yes. Yeah, I remember. I remember. And what's funny about about Diana, um, the last the last CCTV footage of her, it, she's described as wearing a cream dress. 
but mm. when it shows the footage, it's purple. It's like a purple jacket. Yeah, she's yeah, wearing a purple a jacket. Yeah, purple jacket, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the commentator on what I've seen it on describes it as cream. And she's last seen on a black and white checkerboard floor as well. Yes, in the in the elevator. What do you think she was? What do you think she was? Do you think she was an actor? <sighs> I think she was just part of the illusion yeah. of the royal family. Yeah, I think she was an actress. I think Princess Diana was an actress that had a um, that had a fabricated face. Uh, the whole the whole thing. Her her deep blue eyes. Her her impeccable facial structure that was kind of unlike. She kind of looked like a man. She kind of she kind of had a, almost a masculine. Uh, she was very beautiful, but had almost a masculine uh, look to her. I think that she was a manipulated identity, and I don't think that there was a real Diana, Princess of Wales, or a real Diana Spencer. I think that her entire life was a fabrication, and that she was played by actress, actress, or series of actresses. And um, and I think that the whole paparazzi narrative was designed to keep the public away from to, to have the public not be around her, or like to have nobody ever really be able to see the Diana, including inclu- you know, including actual paparazzi or actual actual people. All paparazzi is, is planned anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, like, which, totally. Let's say TMZ. Yes. But the paparazzi's job is to make these people real. The more stories they write, the more real they become, you know? Yeah, yeah. And the more they appear in our eye, the more they appear to be in our eye when they may, they're not, they're not in our eye. They're, They're through a lens, they're through a screen. We're not holding these people in our true gaze. They're taking up our, you know, they're filling up our consciousness, and they're in our mind's eye, truly for sure. But they, we're not holding them in our in our eye. We're we're holding them through the projection of the media. It's fascinating, and I, she was probably one of my, and other than John Bonet, you know, she was probably one of my enigmas that I really wanted to find out what her death meant, and I really wanted to get to the bottom of it because I believed that there was a, a deep nefarious story, and that she might have been pregnant when she was killed, and you know, all these all these things, and of course, she was killed by the queen, and because you know, she could have been pregnant with a Muslim with a, a Dowdy Al Fayed's baby, all these things. It's truly fascinating. Oh, and when I was in London in 2018, I went to Harrods, and there's this in Harrods department store is this, you know, it, it was owned by the Al-Fayed family and, and Dodi Al-Fayed's father, Muhammad Al-Fayed um, famously installed this, this, this symbol, this, this statue commemorative experience within, within Harrods department store, which is kind of like the Neiman Marcus or uh, Macy's, or it's like the nice one in London. And, you know, there's this whole floor of, of Diana stuff. He done, he done the same for, Al Fayed done the same for Michael Jackson. He what? he he owned the football club. He owned the football club for a while, um, Fulham Football Club in England. Yeah. And outside outside the stadium, out of all every, anything he could have had, he had the Michael Jackson statue <gasps> put up at the stadium. What would Jack Crooner have to say about this, Murph? <laughs> Don't get me started on that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. I, I think that's that interesting it is. That's a weird connection. Yeah, it's very strange. Yeah, and you had the big thing about it that all the fans wanted rid of it and, hmm. and there's like protesting to get rid of it. But I'd like I need to go back and have a look because I bet he's got a purple jacket on that <laughs> when I look back. It, oh. it had colour on it. It was a coloured, a coloured statue. It was a big Really big statue he had put right right outside the stadium. 
of Michael Jackson. And this is for soccer, for football. What yeah, is Michael Jackson? Soccer, yeah. <laughs> what does he have to do? Because he went to one game. Michael Jackson oh. was at one game. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> well, that makes sense. Let's put a statue of him. That reminds me, this is a, a complete and a complete aside, but that reminds me of that Ronaldo statue. Remember Ronaldo, Cristiano, and he's, you know, the famous footballer. Um, I don't know who, what club he plays for now, but there was a statue, a, a bronze statue that was built in his, he, you know, he's a very good looking guy and very um, vain, but then they built a statue and it looked hot, awful. It looked like a kid had put it together and they had to take it down and redo it. But it was, it was kind of at the same time, the Ronaldo statue debacle was at the same time that the, that the art restoration flops were happening, where that Jesus, like the 1600 painting of, of Jesus got, got fixed, quote unquote, and it was an amateur, amateur art restore and she made it look like a monkey or, you know, it just looked ridiculous. And there was a lot of these kind of oopsies happening in the art world at the same time. And I think, and I think that coincided with the, with the Ronaldo statue looking looking like a kid was smushing around some Play-Doh and then they made it in bronze. Remember the story of Steve, uh, Steve Wynn destroying his $60 million Picasso? No. Okay, so Steve Wynn owns the hotels in Vegas, right? He's the Wynn, Wynn Casinos in Vegas, yeah? It makes me think of it now because, you know, it, it, it's, it's easy to, to think that, like, the stories in, like, the business world, the art world mm. are legitimate and aren't all full of this crazy intrigue and and funny business with you know psyops and just fabric fabricated stories and whatnot uh, actually it fits more perfectly probably than anything because it's money yes you know? i think the art world is a way to to fabricate all sorts of things including financial transactions that are anyway just continue. i just checked that statue <laughs> i've just uh -huh. checked the statue now oh. and it said the statue was removed due to the sexual abuse allegations mm. detailed in the documentary. Put up so, just to be taken down. Yeah, exactly. It, and it, it goes hand in hand, like for the allegations all seem real. I need to take the statue down, you know. Yeah, it's like it's like these purposefully deleted tweets we've been seeing lately, like people deleting their tweets and then tweeting about why they deleted the tweet. It's like these things are getting taken down just so they talk about it, just to create too a more much truth. Says. <laughs> too much truth. Yeah, too much truth. Well, I think we've we've hit on quite a few things. Maybe we can uh, take a break, come back, and answer a question or two. Yeah, that's great. Okay, talk soon. Yeah, the secret sauce, the secret sauce to the show, little known fact, is is sauce, is secret, <laughs> is secret sauce. <laughs> well, I'm, so Rambo is drinking his favorite Tisky beer, lager, would you say? It's a, yeah, it's a Polish lager. Um, Polish lager. Yeah. It, and I'm drinking whiskey, a whiskey. You guys make me feel like a teenager. <laughs> Are you having a, a Coca-Cola? Are you drinking your, you are, you are, of course, of course, you're drinking your Coca-Cola. Well, you know. I can't, I can't really drink alcohol anymore. I only, I only drink it when I'm recording podcasts, it seems. <laughs> you did a lot today. I know, which I'm doing it more and more. I'm turning into an alcoholic. Now and again, like, it does, uh, now I'm and kidding, again on the I'm weekend, kidding. I think, oh, why not, eh? You know? <laughs> yeah. On our little break there, I was thinking of what's fake, and this is off subject, but death row. Uh, what do you think? 
real or fake. It's only been recently that I have completely questioned the idea of death row and the idea of executed prisoners and the electric chair. It's very Lucy. It's very Lucy. And we teach our kids about death row early. Uh, yeah, death row. And there's lots Never of TV programs on lots it. And these people who have yeah, been in prison from 15 years old and they're on death row and they're now 50 and stuff like that. It's something doesn't yeah. seem right with me. I, I question some of the perpetrators too. As much as I question death row, um, do they really kill people? Do, does, the, does the government really put people to death? That's a, that's a big question. That's a, that's a huge question. It's coupled with that question and something that I also like to kick around is do these serial killers or, or perpetrators of these heinous, heinous crimes, do they really exist either? Like, with me, it sells that their murder story as mm-hmm. something to aspire, like a, another murderous story to aspire to, isn't it? For the copycat, copycat. copycat murders, yeah, yeah. And that's where I think the bad things do happen. Because but then are, on the other yeah. side of things, is it like what Murph said, where these people are trying to show us it's a good thing, so they're trying to show us not to do that kind of thing, do you know? So they're showing us these people that are going to be put to death because of what they've done. I think we should never see that stuff. I should. I think we should never be introduced to the most horrific things. Just because yeah, it can I, be done, I, I don't think we should, I, I I don't think we should learn about it. I don't think little kids should be learning about serial killers that eat people. Yeah, but that's what they do, don't they? They put them thoughts in, our, in the mind. So again, it's like, what I said at the beginning, it's the power of suggestion again. Yeah. They're suggesting suggesting everything to us just through a screen using fake stories. Wow. So we then bring it to life. Do you know that that's what I feel it's all about, really personally. That's what I believe that why they they give us the screen is so that mm. we just copy it and bring it everything they show us. They're suggesting everything on the screen like Oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. And then we're copying it just, just like that. I'm so glad you brought that up because it goes back to our whole idea of quote unquote, everything is fake. <laughs> no, everything is not fake. Real, s- real stuff happens from this fake stuff, you know? Exactly. Show, yeah, that's it. Show, yeah. Just like they show us the serial killers, you know? And and I think that, I think that's how the pe- people who are uncomfortable with our theories like try to disparage us with the everything is fake thing, mm-hmm. saying that you know we're being flippant and and even even the repercussions of these actions aren't real and and life is just you know it's all just a bunch of you know unicorns and fairies and dragons and, mm-hmm. and vibrations and crap like that. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Don't you dare talk 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 about human vibrations not not being a real part of this realm. Oh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you, you have you have you know a lot of accounts. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. I'll allow. Who speak about the vibration? Um, not the human vibration. You know what I'm talking. <laughs> no, you're right. Everything that everything that saturates our under are not yeah. Everything that we're told is is important. From the time we're born, through from our stories of of childhood, from our favorite toys, from our favorite stories to our, our educational systems to our life our work our, our families everything teaches us something and it's all designed it's all pre-designed 
in a really, in a really incredible way. And as we're kind of touching on, a lot of the pre-design has to do with fear and trauma and writing in the, and I think family trauma is real. We do talk about things being fake all the time. And I, I want to, I want to honor, I want to honor real experiences all over the, all across the board. Bad, bad shit happens all across the board on person, to, 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 to everyone throughout their lifetime. And I think when we kind of explain about things being fake, we're talking about something much different. We're talking about something that's not happening on the family level, that's not happening. We're talking about fake media. We're talking about media. Yeah. And the media, media. yes. And movies. Yeah, when you say like, oh, you know, child trafficking, when we talk about Jeffrey Epstein not existing and the child trafficking connecting to Jeffrey Epstein not existing, and you say that to someone that maybe had some sort of like, you know, some sort of trauma when they were younger, they're going to think that you're telling them that, that, that categorically none of this exists. And that's, that's a, that's a fiery, that's, that's, and you're not meaning that, you're not intending that. And we don't, we don't mean that. I feel like we mean is the people we're being told about on the media. They're not real. Nobody knows them. And the stuff that may have happened to other people may have only happened because of what's been shown through the screen to begin with. Yeah. Oh God. It's like a chicken. Egg. It's like a Aurora Boros. It's like a endless cycle, but what comes first? Yeah. Does, does it come first from the media and that introduces it or does it come first from us, from our bad family behaviors and then the media just perpetuates it and makes sure that we never, <laughs> and we never forget it. I don't know. Yeah, definitely, because with with things in the media, like we, whether you watch telly or you don't, mm-hmm. people people do, and the majority do. So those like kind of things that are coming through the screen are in your life, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So anyone who watches, you don't have to watch TV for the TV to be in your life. You know, sure. people, the world watches the TV. The majority wow. watch it, and the majority influence life really. And wow. Yeah. Totally, 100%. You're right. It influences behavior on every level. But yeah, if we never watch TV, none of us, not never had any outside sources other than mm. who we can meet and stuff, what would our thoughts even be? It'd be nothing what they are now. We certainly wouldn't believe in COVID. <laughs> no, certainly not. <laughs> if we turned off our TVs, uh, I think it would be spectacular. I think it would be a much different life. And I think we wouldn't be any less connected or any less plugged in or tuned in to each other, attuned. Maybe by tuning in to the TV or tuning in to the radio or tuning in to our devices, we're literally are giving our receptive capabilities to yeah. the screen instead of are each we, other. Are we tuning into that or is that tuning into us? Ooh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the other way. I think it's the other way around. That's tuning into us. You know they are. You know that they. You know that that's what it's all about. Well, yeah, it's everything. It does affect our moods, emotions, mm-hmm. our thoughts. Everything. So they they're tuned into us. We're not. When we say we're tuning into the TV or tuning into the radio, it's actually the other way around. Yeah, they're sending us frequencies. They're sending us frequencies through light, color, sound, vibration. You know. And a lot of it's like wildly repetitive. You know, when you listen to, when you listen to kids cartoon programming these days, it's, it's so hypnotic. 
and it's YouTube. A lot of stuff I see now is what kids are watching is YouTube. Mm-hmm. So they put these YouTube actors on, don't they? Now mm-hmm. I, I feel they're actors and they're kind of working, working to influence again, and they're not just regular people that we think they are. Some may may not even exist. Yes, 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 yes. I'm glad you said that. I think that a lot of the YouTube stars, a lot of the quote unquote influencers, I think that they're unreal, uh, create fabricated. They could have like a base actor, you know, like doing stuff, but I think they're just identities to be controlled and rolled out, rolled in and out. They'll fall off, they'll fall off the radar eventually and we'll never see from them again or something, or they'll have a scandal and they'll overdose and, you know, they'll be exited in some form or fashion or just forgotten and never mentioned again as if they didn't exist. Isn't that the whole shtick of that poppy girl? She's a, like a, a YouTube personality. Um, mm. And, and her, her, her thing is that um, she says that she's like a robot. Mm. And she says mm-hmm. she's not, she says she's not human, mm-hmm. and she has a, a, a very, you know, blonde and almost like a devoid of any color, like mm-hmm. white, like translucent skin. Mm-hmm. She looks like like an alien, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and her her shtick is that that she's not human and she's controlled by like you know strange forces, and and they and, and they direct her every move and everything. It's a very strange, weird. Like there's, there's weird odd subcultures within the whole YouTube. <laughs> I bet she has a lot of followers. It sounds yeah. fascinating, yeah. She does music as well. Okay, uh, multi, triple threat, double threat, yeah. <laughs> so if I said that she was fake and she's just a, you know, a character and of course somebody pops out and they're like, no, she's real. She has- <laughs> no, she's absolutely real. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I know this actually. It's, I don't know because I'm into this stuff. Uh, that's funny. You're, I like that you're calling people out like on their live streams, you're fake. <laughs> <laughs> And then their fans have to be like, no, no, no. Yeah, but actually- they call it YouTube, like, for you. And so it's for you and it's just, right. like, home. Like, yeah, it is for recorders us. And they're not. And that kind of makes it real again that you think they're just, like, anyone can kind of oh, do what they're doing. We think these YouTube videos are authentic. Oh, hey, this goes back to our discussion about America's funniest home videos, right? Where we always just assumed that all the content that we were being shown, all these funny videos and stuff, you know, that we just assumed they were they were authentic. But now through our new lenses, we can kind of question them and wonder yeah. like <laughs> but and yeah, also some of them through. are like Hollywood level actors, in my opinion, like that kind of influence. Always aimed at a lot of the YouTube is aimed at the kids as well. So it's kind of like, oh, they're not watching movies, so, but they're watching YouTube. So we've got people on there to do the same remember ripley's believe it or not mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. right as like a precursor to this kind of thing where, where they actually had the question of believe it or not now the or not has been taken out believe it well it's just believe it is there a question mark like do you believe it still i mean are you guys still believing this <laughs> I remember growing up with that. What about the Guinness Book of World Records with like the oh. tallest man and you know the longest the longest nails, the longest fingernails, and they were curly and curvy and the oh, that, is a, that is a psyop, a hoax, whatever we want to call it. it has to Nobody be. has them fingernails. Did it's it? so funny. They do do that though. If you let your fingernails grow long enough, they will start curling. But how do these people get dressed and stuff like that? How do they do anything? How do they go to the bathroom? (laughs) Oh boy. I do wonder if all those things were just to teach us 
just again show us false images and make us yeah it's just fantasy again to think oh my god they can do that yeah really when you look at it now i'm just thinking like there's no way anybody has their nails it's in it's it's it it's impossible it doesn't doesn't work you don't do that uh-uh. Doesn't make sense. You couldn't. You couldn't live with those nails. That that that's the one that sticks in my mind. And curling <laughs> one nail down to the yeah. ground. They're <laughs> <laughs> like, the, yeah, yeah. like ridiculous claw nails. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And then the tallest guy was always next to the shortest person. And I was like, how would you guys get those people on a plane? They just happened to be in the same room at the same time at the same. You know, like how would you guys get those? What are the odds? What are the odds? The, the uh, newest iteration of this, it, and I saw it within the past week, actually, was a tidbit somewhere, and it said that the one man, and he had he had held uh, the, uh, the the record for both being in the same lifetime. Here, check this out. He had the record oh, no. for, for being not for, for, for being the the shortest person in the world at one point and being the tallest person. No. Yes. <laughs> no. yes. yes. <laughs> And do you know what the Guinness World Record is like kind of a book they give you from a kid again, you know, like they show you that from young, you know. Ridiculous. <laughs> the tallest person and the smallest person in one lifetime. That's crazy. What now, really? What are the odds? You'd have to calculate first the odds of being the, the smallest person, and then you'd have to calculate the odds of being the tallest person, <laughs> and then you'd have to find some sort of way, some sort of quantifiable way to like it seems it seems unimaginable you know do they just it, are, is that just another example of how they mess with us you know like how they just i i, I think that uh, before kids are introduced to encyclopedias mm-hmm. they're introduced to the guinness book world records right oh yeah yeah, yeah. The sure. idea that the, like, like facts and like uh, uh, a grasp on on what's going on in the world is going to be found in books uh, you know that are given to them by 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 by, by authority figures. Uh, so, so then, when people go to encyclopedias or go to Wikipedia, they're going to be much more, um, uh, you know, less skeptical. Not, mm-hmm. not less skeptical. I mean, not skeptical at all. People aren't mm-hmm. skeptical of anything. I mean, people who grew up on Guinness World Records are the same people who, when they go to the encyclopedia, they're not going to question it. And then when they get older, they're not going to question, uh, you know, SpaceX or COVID. Or these other kind of things, yeah. But because the implication is 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 that these people in the in in Guinness uh, at Guinness, um, you know, in England, actually run around the world verifying that there's not one person out there who's smaller than the guy that they say is. You know what I mean? Or the guy who's uh, think of the logistics for that for constantly traveling the world. It's so ridiculous. Searching high and low oh. for someone who might be shorter, looking under every table. Is there someone short under here? Imagine if they get a, you know they get a telephone call saying that you know breaking news came in and they found another person and they they have to travel across the world to verify it and and, and you know rewrite all the books because yeah. of the one guy they get a call quick rush to India drop everything we have a short we have a short man. <laughs> it's ridiculous and think about think about all the categories think about everything that you would have to quantify the thousands of categories and the, i think the categories continue to get more and more ridiculous about number of people holding a, a rubber band in their left hand at the same time like what Who yeah and the most chicken nuggets in a minute and stuff like that 
Like nobody cares about this stuff. Is it, is it, is that just to reinforce this idea of the Guinness book still being like a, an authority figure in some way? Like, like let's continue to do these. Well, I think they let these stupid, stupid ones in like these ridiculous ones and they let real people do them. So, and they'll let themselves see themselves in the book. So it kind of makes oh, everything else yeah. real. And people will know that person who ate 10 chicken nuggets in 30 seconds. <laughs> Yes, that's that's an excellent point. I think that that's, that's an excellent way to hide a lot of illusion and make it believable to the public is if you have a little bit that's true and a lot that's false. And then people will always point to the stuff that's true that they can quantify and go, hey, look, oh, that's my cousin or whatever who ate so many chicken nuggets, you know? And then the rest, because of that, because of that one little tidbit about something that you can really sink your teeth into, pardon the chicken nugget pun <laughs> but uh you know i think that i think that it makes the rest of it believable so you'll be of course like there's this person with fingernails you know curling because it kind of brings the illusions in the book to life doesn't it again it's really a smart way to do it it's a really smart way to 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 fool everybody but because you don't want to if you, if you if you hold on to something within it why would you question anything else? Why would you, why would you, because that would make you question your own thing. And that's it's kind of brilliant. Something I was looking at and I sent to you this week was, I was looking at, after listening to Murph's podcast on Homewrecker, I, was, I went back to the Prince Andrew. It made me think about Prince Andrew not sweating. And he told a few truths in that interview when we looked back at it. And was he telling the truth that he can't sweat because prosthetics don't sweat? I think that's a fascinating question because when you think about these silicone masks, exactly, the one thing that they limit, they limit like facial hair. They limit, you know, the ability to like grow facial hair. They also limit the ability to sweat. And with the facial hair, that's another thing with the facial hair with these these realistic silicon masks, mm -hmm. they never put facial hair on them because they don't want to change the look too much. Right. It would be very difficult to maintain that unless it was yeah. like a mustache or something or something like really significant or like a, a, a really yeah, interesting beard. Yeah, and you have to keep bringing it back and yeah. making it... I, I think they just age the, age the masks, really. That's mm -hmm. what I think they do. So it's a bit strange how they don't ever have facial hair, not even nothing. Yeah, it's, it is fascinating, but the, the sweating thing, so it's, it's, it's a condition, there is an actual condition called, I don't know if anybody actually has it in real yeah, you life. you have to ask yourself, do you know anyone who's got this condition? No, and I think it's, I, I think it's called anhydrosis, and there's a hyper, hyperhydrosis, which means you, excessive sweating, or hypohydrosis, one of the two, but you basically oversweat, and there's a lot of, that's very common, people, I've known heavy sweaters in my life, like, there's just people that start sweating at the drop of a hat, you know, and there's nothing they, they can do to stop it. Um, but then there's, I guess, I've never met anybody like this, but there's a, a very small, there's a very small subset of people that do not sweat at all. Like do not have any sort of sweat activity, glandular activity. And the only person, the only persons I've ever heard to have this condition and be written about is one uh, Prince Andrew, who famously said in the interview that it that it couldn't have been him in that photograph, that sweaty photograph of him licking some girl's some young girl's face, he said it couldn't have been him because he doesn't sweat. So the person in the photograph was sweating profusely, 
he doesn't sweat at all. Couldn't be me. Well, the other person I've heard that doesn't sweat at all is Hillary Clinton. And I've seen articles where they talk about Hillary doesn't sweat and they have to quantify it. They're like, well, we're not just talking about her being cool under pressure. She legitimately doesn't sweat. And then they talk about this weird disease. You know, they don't really go into it. They just can mention like, oh, other people have it too. It's kind of a rare disease, but she has it. But I think like, who doesn't sweat? That's so weird. It well, she always looks sort of- so different as she well. And- the, the changing faces of Hillary, I think is a meme. I've seen many different versions. <laughs> I've seen many and, different versions of Hillary's face. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me think with this Prince Andrew saying he doesn't sweat he, I, I see that as he's talking about masks don't sweat and then these pictures of him sweating how do we how do we know they didn't just get made for that in, after that interview no one was googling prince andrew sweating before right. he said that i think a lot of these pictures get rolled out over time there's also there's always there's never a shortage of new pictures coming out about these things just like for every new Jeffrey Epstein documentary, there's a ton of new photos that seem to be available, seem to be made. These available. photos are made yeah. to look old, like they've been yeah. around for ages, you know. Right. That's a good But part no of the one trend. was looking for them until the story come up now. I think that's so, a really smart part of the trick, yeah. Yeah, so like the Prince Andrew sweating, I think that that was all made after he said, I'm sweating for the people who were sweat. I don't sweat, should I say for the people who were then searching it. I don't think he even exists. Prince Andrew, yeah. Same. Just an actor. Yeah. I think that's kind of what we're getting at. Like the reason he the reason he doesn't sweat is because he's an he's an actor who's wearing a silicone suit and you don't sweat through the suit. It seems like a little truth in plain sight, right? He literally said on a national, on a global broadcast, he, it was a 60 minutes piece, right? Anyway, he, he literally said that he doesn't sweat. That was his out for, he was like, there's no way this photograph could be me because I don't sweat. It and he declared. also said the photograph wasn't real as well. Yes, he said the photograph wasn't real. And he also said something very declarative about how he's never, he, he, does, he doesn't even really know Jeffrey Epstein or something. Made it seem something like that, which is, true that you can't know Jeffrey Epstein yeah and then they made that big thing about him walking in the park with the photo and yes. it was more about who took the photo it's all and they kind of how did they know this, to be there and just snap the photo yeah they yeah. sold it as Epstein had set him up and all this but it makes Epstein real doesn't it yeah it's all designed to make Epstein seem way more powerful and connected and important. And same with Ghislaine Maxwell, you know, sh- we still haven't got a mugshot from her. She's been in what prison for how many months? We still don't have a mugshot. We still have no quote unquote proof of life, you know, in her famous photo, her, she kept coming, fo- she's now with Elon Musk in the fo- a photo with Elon Musk. She was at the Clinton Hill at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. just kind of pe- her, her head like peeking out. She's in photos. She's, you name a celebrity a celeb that is in hot water or it could be taken under and she's in some sort of posed photo with them. Two peas in a pod, you know, I think Ghislaine Maxwell is essentially the same side, the other side of the same coin to Jeffrey Epstein. You know, he's, he's unreal and she's also unreal and their characters and this weird play that's, we keep watching play out in front of us. Uh, it's getting more ridiculous. It's getting, we're seeing the, <laughs> we're seeing the theater curtains more and more as we say each week. Um, but 
these these characters are so easily created and we really the Hollywood magic explains so much of it it's so in our faces it's so in our faces how much Hollywood influences our day-to-day understanding of reality and our idols and our villains you know our heroes are just as fabricated as our as our boogeyman as our villains and our stars they want us looking up and out stars up and out they want us seeking up and out and away from ourselves. Kind of goes back to the whole space question, the whole space conversation. But yeah, they want us looking up and out at something much bigger than ourselves, something far away, untouchable. Our idols are kind of that. Our Hollywood idols are stars. They rotate, our, you know, we orbit you know, them in a sense. But um, they influence our everyday life. And if they're fa- if they're manufactured, if they're fabricated, if they're false light being projected onto us, that's significant and that's worthy of, you know, we're not just like picking apart Tom Cruise and Tom Hanks and all the Toms. We're not we're not just doing this because we have a vendetta out for them. But it is something very important. These these people shape our lives. These people shape our our media media landscape. So that's another thing as well that I noticed. With Tom Hanks just reminded me of it. Um, <laughs> is with the number twenty two. Mm. The boulder, <sighs> the boulder shooting, and it was a Muslim, and it was the number on the twenty second again. I'm so glad you brought that up. And remind me the connection with Tom. Hanks. Tom Hanks stopped tweeting on the twenty second, right? He's twenty second of May. Okay, um, last was year was the last time he tweeted. But that twenty yeah. second of May is significant to to yeah. us in the UK for the yeah. Ariana Grande bomb yes. attack and. Yes which was an Islamic attack. And then also for the Lee Rigby, that's remembered over here. On the same date. Really well. And and that was the 22nd of May as well. And then the last date Tom Hanks tweeted is the 22nd of May. And all the, the, anything I've sent you answer, anything to do with, with kind of Islamic attacks or anything, the number 22 pops up every time. Yeah. I did. I had to check for myself, but all all you have to do is is Google Islamic twenty two or Muslim twenty two and go to the news section. Look on the news articles, and you will see that basically every every story that involves any sort of Muslim assailant or Muslim bent to the like who's responsible or behind it. Every story has a 22 embedded into it, whether it's on the date, 522, 322, which is the date of the Boulder attack with a Muslim assailant. There's a lot going on with the story. There's a lot going on with the Boulder story, but I think one of the most significant things is that it happened on the 22nd and Rambo, you have done a really excellent job at illuminating, at least, at least for me, that the, that date is, is 100% tethered to some sort of there's if a muslim event happens it's related to the 22nd it they just they go hand in hand or it's related to something within the story that has 22 the number 22 is you need it within these stories it's very strange when did you first discover that through the manchester arena bomb really and just like i remember seeing something pop up about that it was lee rigby the same date and then i started to look for the the bomber was 22 22 people died it was at 22 33. Mm-hmm. Lee Rigby's was 22nd of May, 220. His girlfriend, 22. It's just, it all just started making sense from that then. Then I'd go back and I was typing in them myself, like, 
it's like make attack 22 and just loads come up and then on Twitter someone sent me like a little like a mem of all the 22 Muslim attacks you know and it's it's there it's every time wow one of those things you know we've seen 33 everywhere we talk about the purples purples are everywhere these things are embedded it's it's like a it's 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 like a pre-scripted it's it's um it seems it seems prescripted. You know, we talk about script yep. being it's like it's like automatic, automatic prescripted, yeah. We see it on screen the like I said it the other day, we see like 33 on screen, but it's not just on screen where I'm seeing the 33. I see 33 everywhere I go now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even when, especially when it's like 3 33 o'clock. <laughs> no. Yeah, and 33 <laughs> likes and Oh, and people have been really doing that a lot lately, showing us when our likes are on 33. And Murph, you had 33,000.3 tweets or something ridiculous like that. You hit the 33.3 pretty hard recently. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> hitting me over the head. I, it, at least maybe four or five times a day, I'll get the, the 33 or or 3.30 or something yeah. like that. And, and it's, you know. You know, it's good to check. It's good to have tethers like that, little... Um, in the movie Inception, they kept having to have these little check-ins with reality. You know, you had your little thing that that made you check in in the moment and be like really present in the here and now and figure out if you were a dream or if you were in the waking waking world. Are we recognizing these numbers or is it like a code that we're seeing? Okay, like a- awareness, awareness makes the world change for sure. You know, but what makes you what makes you turn your head to your kitchen oven, you know, clock at three 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 o'clock? You know, like what made you turn your head at that moment, or what made you look at your phone right at that moment when it's that number when you weren't looking at your phone for the past ten minutes prior? You know, hmm, I don't know. It does seem like a pull, like an energetic pull somehow. Like, and I have said before that once you once you learn to. Once you learn the language of the universe, once you once you begin to recognize the language of symbols and begin to come onto awareness of the language of the universe, which is which is frequency and sound and color and light, all of these things are part of language in addition to the words and spelling. But once you speak the language of the universe, the universe will speak back to you. The universe will talk to you. And so sometimes I think that that's what those numbers are when you see 33 everywhere or whatever your number is. Some people it's 88. 888 000 whatever some people everybody has their own unique thing 11 you know 11 11 11 i have my own i have my own significant number i, I think i think somebody wrote to me one day and said i keep on seeing 34 what does that mean i said <laughs> i said you're like you're, you're one minute late man <laughs> <laughs> yeah one minute late to the party that's funny <laughs> that's a good answer that's funny i wouldn't have had an answer that good I would have been like, well, <laughs> human vibration says, well, on our own journey and the journey goes within. <laughs> That's good. That's why you're Murph. That's why you're Murph. That's good. What, I mean, what do we think, what's going to happen this week? What do we think, what do you think of the implications? I mean, the boat, what, what's going to happen with the boat? The stuck boat. I think that that's going to be on our radar this week. And they're talking about toilet paper being in short supply. I think we're going to see oil prices potentially rise. I think we're going to see some weird fallout from the stuck boat, you know? 
maybe it'll be something with the vaccine. Maybe all the vaccines got stuck on the boat, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the vaccines are melting right now and they're not going to work. <laughs> There's no way the refrigeration point can withstand this stuck boat. The nanobots are getting sunburned. <laughs> the nanobots are getting sunburned. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't be surprised if there's even, even if it's not just the vaccine itself, it's all these delivery systems. Think about, think about the, the needles, think about the, the IV, think about the, the, the tubing, think about the, the syringes, the, all, the plastics, anything, anything can be, can be disrupted by this, you know, by this potential supply snafu, the supply chain snafu. The they're already saying that we're going to be missing out on toilet paper. They're already putting that in our brain. How weird is that? Well, wasn't it just that, wasn't it the week prior that that people? I mean, people were asking were um, were asking me if uh, I was getting DMs actually mm -hmm. as to whether or not I thought the the conflict, uh, the rhetoric between Russia and uh, and the and the U.S. Mm -hmm. was real, and whether or not it was going to be some kind of a uh, altercation between between Russia and the United States, and I, I didn't even know what the guy was talking about. <laughs> Wasn't it something about Putin or Putin saying that Biden looked weak? Yes, there was some. Yeah, there was some implication oh, yeah. about Biden looking weak. He Biden. called him a murderer, and he said, "Takes one to know Takes one, one to know one. Like yes. mm -hmm. But then they make it out like all these world leaders are against each other in a way. Uh -huh. But they all agree on the same fake virus and the same fake vaccine. So that shows yeah. they're all together. They're all in on the joke. And they're all in on the same fake nuclear agreements. And then over in North Korea, you've got yeah. just some other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Kim with, a red yeah. with the red right. button on his lap, just firing rockets into the sky, supposedly. Oh, yeah. You're so right. You're so right. Everything that we know about North Korea is in, is hinging on this idea that they have this ruler who is at any moment capable of annihilating the, the entirety of the world, specifically the U.S. <laughs> he can't feed his people, but he's going to destroy the world, right? He can't feed his people, but he can, yeah, but he absolutely has the capability to destroy the world. That's the story. That's the story. I wonder if anybody lives in North Korea. That's my wonder. That no, I, I don't believe so. No, I'm there. I'm there. At one point, there was just Korea, and then it, and then there was a war, and the north and south were were divided, and there was a, 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 a an area between the the demilitarized zone, and you couldn't go between. You really, if you were in, and everybody got evacuated to South Korea. So I wonder if anybody actually stayed in North Korea. And there's always stories about family, you know, family members that got left behind and long lost this and long lost that and neighbors that got left behind and whatever. There's lots of stories about people left behind, but I do wonder if, if those are just stories that you hear about the next town over or whatever. And like so-and-so was left behind, but we're all safe and thankful, you know, we made it, blah, blah, blah. And they kind of give him those they kind of give him those characteristics of like the, the haircut and the, oh. his small, and, and it's just memorable things like the Hitler yes. tash and it's just something to remember haircut. that character by, do you know? Yeah, I think haircut is such an important part of the story. Everybody, all our idols have very memorable hair. All these leaders have, I mean, Trump had crazy memorable hair. Your Boris Johnson over there. Yeah. And Trump has the orange, the orange face orange. that is yeah. obviously makeup. It, but he'll be remembered as like the orange man or whatever, you know. He looked like 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 a Cheeto. He looked like a Cheeto. 
But they call him Orange, I feel, because orange is the only colour that's 33 in numerology for Trump, for instance. And that's why they wow. call him Orange Face, you know, Orange Man. It's wow. literally the 33 man, you know. Yep. Once you really learn to read all the symbols, you see how many symbols they layer into one thing, you know. Gets to be overwhelming. Gets to be a little overwhelming sometimes. But that's it. That's what we're here for. <laughs> yeah, and like I said last time, like the diamonds, the diamond carpets, the diamond fencing, the diamond mirror or something in the background, it's always diamond shaped, diamond 33. It's all kind of in like that, you know. And diamonds are multifaceted. They'll project, you know, you can shine light onto them and they'll project a prism of, of other realities of other, they'll reflect multiple multi compilations of light. Yeah, something there. I say that uh, Trump, Trump, they say he was a, that he's a Jesuit. Oh, back to that, yeah. <laughs> Him, yeah. Fauci, um, and, uh, but uh, obviously that's probably not true. <laughs> I've heard a lot of, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of, he's Masonic. What do you think about secret societies and stuff like that? Hmm. Do you think the real, do you think we'd know about them if they was <laughs> really secret? Well, I think you know what I think, just based on how you're asking. Uh, I think that everything that we could experience on the low level and everything that we could learn from from just researching ourselves, I think all of that is a fabrication. Yeah, and I'll be kind of make out like there's loads of them and yeah. it's all just, for me, it's just all a distraction, I think, really. I think it's a distraction and they do appear to be real and they do have real people that join and all the stuff that you can experience on the lower level, I do think that it's real think that you can become a member of your local Masonic Lodge. I think that's real. But I don't think that there's any connection to the big, the big, the big F Freemasons or, you know, the big G, <laughs> like what we are told about the Masons running the world and, and, and being behind all these, these, these major, major things. I don't think that that's what's going on at these Masonic Lodges. These symbols and stuff are created, I believe, for that, for those Society, mm. so we believe it's so societies using yeah. those symbols yeah to make to even make the society seem more legit to make to, and i think everything is pageantry the societies have all these ritualistic initiation things it does make it real even though it's all ceremonial in my opinion on the low on what we're able to experience for, for us as you know the public well, it's interesting. You see, you see all of the, the the world leaders who do the like the triangular pose with the hands, mm -hmm. right? Uh, from the from the. Uh, they all do. Yeah, they all do. Angle, I, I'm picturing Angela Merkel. She's always she's always. Oh, remember when she was shaking like a leaf? Remember when she yeah. wouldn't stop shaking? That was weird. That was about a year ago. Anyway, she's Hitler, she's Hitler's daughter, by the way. Remember? Oh, I know. Sure looks like it. Talk about templates. Sure yeah, looks like it. Actually does. Sure looks like it. I'm, I'm not joking. You line them up side by side. She looks. She is Hitler's offspring. And Trudeau looks like looks like Castro. Trudeau, abs template, an absolute template. And you know, at a, at a time in my life, I believed that that was a blood a blood relative. But now I just think they're these characters that are shaped to look like each other. Something's very strange with him. Trudeau. I, I in all the photographs, right? All yeah. the, the old photographs I've seen of him are just bathed in purples. Like what, <laughs> him and his brother, what, uh -huh. what, you know that, that weird purple? Okay, a video came out a while ago when, when kind of when Tartaria was really spreading like wildfire, uh -huh. probably in like early fall, 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, and the video came on 
remember when like all of those old like recolorized or probably colorized not recolorized um they said they were colorized uh, films from like early like the first decade of the of the, of the 1900s mm-hmm. and and you made the comment you said all I see is all this purple mm-hmm. and, but everybody else was just like oh my it's so beautiful I'm crying mm-hmm. you know, yeah yeah right? like I can't believe so, our world looked like this in the 1800s <laughs> the past is so magical that purple is in all of these videos all of them and it has a, like all the clothes has this purplish hue to it mm-hmm. right and I noticed when I saw photographs of uh of Justin Trudeau and his brothers dressed up in their little like you know Upper upper class uh, boarding school outfits. They had that the purple pants. Like like you know like the, those like like the gray flannel like Brooks Brothers kids, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. But it had that purple purple hue. Yeah, Everything. and you can tell it was probably maybe trying to be blue, but the, and it was very displaying as purple. And and then everybody who's looking at that will go, oh, it's blue. I don't know why it looks purple, but it's definitely blue. There's no way he's wearing purple pants. Purple. Nobody sees the purple. You don't, you just don't see the purple until you're aware of it. And then once you're aware of it, the whole world is purple. You're saying that like the people who don't see it, right? Like uh-huh. one of our big things that we always talk about is, is, you know, did, is this a new thing or was mm-hmm. this always there and just, we're just aware of it now. So we see it all. The same thing with the numbers, same thing with the colors. The same thing with all the fake stuff. Like everything was like everything's been fake since the beginning of time. And yet we just discovered it really, right? But it's not like not like we're even discovered anything. It's like more we just woke up for lack of a better better phrase. But I mean, if what you said is the people who don't see it, like so is it placed there for us, the small little smithereen, like a, a sliver of, of people, or is it placed there, you know, is it really deception? And the fact that, because if the people, if people, if the majority of people can't even see it, then the purpose really can't be deception because the people don't even see it. Good question. Excellent question. I think it's a double-edged sword. It cuts both ways. It's very effective at causing blindness in a way. Uh, The oversaturation of purples and and some somehow blinds us to them. But then there's always this, there's always this, the chance that on the other side, the, 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 the finer side of the blade, but the, the other side of the blade, that it's going to affect a very small portion, but it's going to be sharper and more significant, you know, because we are, we're hyper awake. We're not just dulled into a sleep. We, we are now like in a hyper awareness state. It's almost like it backfired on us. So the double-edged sword of kind of this cradle to grave deception for humanity is, you know, in general, a sleeping public. But, ooh, boy, once once the you know the 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 one the, the the awake ones start to come online, I feel like that there's a significant a significant shift, a significant energy. It's more powerful. It's more powerful than the asleep than like the masses of asleep. Like the the small amount of people that are coming online is almost energetically more powerful than the the level of asleep that exists. Which maybe what's needed to take down the whole dang thing. You know, maybe if just enough people come online, the whole, into, when I say come online, I mean, come aware to the deception that's all around and kind of the, the spell can be broken once you, it no longer has an effect on you. Once you can watch the news and see that the whole screen is purple and they're talking about the death rates of COVID, you go next, you know, it no longer scares you and you kind of have a new superpower and, and awareness and awake and an awake feeling that, lifts you it almost lifts you above the 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 noise 
if it, it just was like an audio, out of out of body experience. And I, I had one yesterday where, mm-hmm. where where I took out my phone, probably at a thirty three, right, <laughs> and and just flipped through it and went to the like the the new, I think it was in the news section, or I think I was just in my feed. Like I went out of my notifications, and I have the thing where I have to follow people who follow me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know, and it's awful because when I go on my feed, I just have crazy stuff from people who didn't mean to follow me. They just follow me. Like I think a lot of people just are there and they just follow people. They don't actually interact on a, on a regular basis and, and on Twitter or whatever. And uh, I was looking through the feed and it was like every story, it just looked like a, t- like a tab, like it looked like a pastiche, you know, mm-hmm. where, where nothing, like absolutely nothing was real. Nothing was real. And, and they all looked like, like characters, like lovable characters. Even Bill Gates, <laughs> even Bill Gates looked, appeared like an entertaining, like an entertaining character. Because I, because I only see him, I only see him as a comic. I only see the comic side of him, you know? Uh-huh. And he does have a funny shape and he's always waving, his, always waving his hands around. And I thought of it as like, you know, we're all, including us, you know, we have our avatars, we have our names, whatever, whatever, you know, I mean, I don't know. Uh, Are we all jesters in this court, you know, in this theater, you know, as much as we think that we're in the audience watching, watching the, this, this stage play roll out and we can see the theater, theater curtains, you know, Finding our finding our voice and finding our place, you know, I really do think we're disrupting something. I, I think that we are in the process of disrupting something. But does it does it really any of it matter? You know, like that's what are we in simulation theory and not, none of this matters, and we're all just in a computer matrix and blah blah blah. I don't know. I think there I think there's something much more significant and much more human and meaningful and and than happening than some sort of just zeros and ones for sure. But what is think, it, what does it mean? Do you think somebody could have like okay, this is an interesting thing. Like like the only I mean it's it, it's comforting, you know, being around being being able to communicate with people who have the, the you know the same kind of thoughts, the same theories and, and everything. Um but you know do you think that um that it's possible for somebody to have these uh, revelations like in, in, a, in, a, in a vacuum? Like in other words, if they didn't go to Twitter, right? And if like somebody, like I'm talking about somebody who's never been, doesn't know the truth of Twitter exists, doesn't know that conspiracy theater, tw- uh, theater, conspiracy Twitter. <laughs> I love that you call it that because it's pretty true. Conspiracy theater, Twitter, yeah. yeah like all of these things exist and, and they, mm-hmm. could they like basically, I wouldn't be thinking these things if I hadn't come across your account. I'm not saying that to kiss your ass. I'm saying it because, because it's true. Yeah. I w- because because it was never, it wasn't an, I had no framework in which to even process something like that. It had to be introduced to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I got my information from a star. <laughs> I'm not joking. From January 1 to January 8th, I was looking out my window every night at a star that was twinkling. I was doing this meditation thing like upstairs and I was looking at a star out my window. It just happened to coincide with where I was laying on the floor and looking up out my window for an hour every night. And then on the 8th, on January 8th, I had this incredible download about my first thread, really John Bonet Ramsey. And I had, I was concurrently very fascinated with that case. It didn't come out of nowhere. It was, it was as if things that I had been lifelong searching around and searching for and all the rabbit holes I had tried to go down. It was as if in that moment, after meditating on this star for eight, for eight days, is, is this something clicked inside? Or I, del- I, I feel like I received a data packet almost in an instant. This whole string, this whole, this whole thread literally 
became very easy for me to, 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 to verbalize and to share. And it all became crystal clear in my brain. And when I figured out about that, about my, so I, so I, that happened to vacuum for me. I got a, I got an out of, it wasn't from me. I didn't figure it out. I got it from a star. I know that sounds wildly crazy. And I did do a lot of research on the case and I was very informed on it. And I do have an extraordinarily curious mind and kind of a dog. I don't give up on things, but I think something gave me that. I think I got a download and then I shared it. And then that allowed me to, sh that allowed me, once I kind of had that lens with John Bonet, I saw everything different. I was able to De decouple myself from Epstein because I had really been down. I had really thought that Epstein was a horrible guy and, and everything on Epstein Island was happening and that whole thing. I mean, that was, I really believed that. And so that now that I had a new lens, I was able to look at everything through this new lens. And I saw very quickly that Epstein fell apart, the whole facade of Epstein. I was like, oh, this is another, this is an another character. This is another character. And then I got familiar with all of the language around it, the legal, the, how this how this even goes down the whole legal framework of creating an identity you know we've, we've touched on this and it's doable it's done <laughs> it happens all the time and i think that this is how our our, our people that fascinate us are, are how they linger and how they're created and how they how they skyrocket and how they come out of nowhere and then and then they exit with these lucy stories and they die these horrible deaths or they disappear or whatever it's all controlled it's all designed and they're not they're not true people they're characters, in my opinion. I mean, I just, I mean, it's it's great that um, I can't imagine if I say if I if I found something like that on my own and and maybe didn't have any place to go with it. I mean, you're lucky. You didn't. Nobody in my life would listen. I had to start Twitter. I told people nobody in my life would listen when I started getting these ideas. When I started like having these inklings of things, you know, like. I remember, well, I guess that was after I wrote it and then I was trying to share. Oh, after I wrote the thread, I even contacted a journalist, a local journalist in my city for my, my local big paper, the big paper that's in my city. And I sat, I went to a coffee shop down the street, felt like we were having a clandestine meeting, told him about John Monet not being real. And he even had a connection to the Denver Post, which, which made me think that he would really be into this story because he, Denver Post, they were one of the first reporters. Anyway, long story short, he looked at me like I had four eyeballs, you know, he, he, and he told me that it was absolutely unreportable. He said that this isn't a story. He said, this is not a news story. This is, this is nothing. And you know, you could be sued. Da, 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 da. It would take me two years just to even prove the pageants don't exist. And I said, just look them up. The pageants don't exist. Anyway, long story short, long story short, you know, I did, I just, that's Twitter was very helpful because I began to learn that just because you have a few locked doors, a few gatekeepers, we talked about, you know, there's, there's gatekeepers in our, in our world. Um, just because there's a few gatekeepers doesn't mean that you have to stop. You have to stop. Yeah. I think I think what it, it illustrates is kind of what I'm coming to the conclusion. Uh, conclusion probably you know for a week or so. That's my conclusion. That uh, that a truth can only be told in art through art. Like what what you said that the the, the journalist will come back and say I can't you know I can't run a story like that. Um, a story like this, like a lot of these stories. It's not uh, it's not palatable for for a headline in the news. It's meant for like a novel and be, to be told as fiction. Understand? In order to get in order to get a truth like this out, it has to be told. You need to invent another another John Bonet, right? And mm -hmm. tell a story about a fake a fake murder in order to tell the story about what really did happen. 
Murph, you're writing my first book for me. I love it. <laughs> no, you're getting my, my, you're getting, that's exactly what I need to do. Because if you went to people and just if you straight up, and like any of these things, we go to people and we tell them, you know, people who are older, people who aren't exposed to, to, to these kind of ideas, and they, they won't let it into the consciousness. But, but if you, but if you slip on a Mickey with a Trojan horse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're right. The art, the, 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 uh, the inventiveness, the creativity, the artistic element makes everything more palatable. And maybe that's why our news is all art. It's, it's art. We're all taking in theaters, art. It's, it's all a form. Yeah, maybe that, you're right. Maybe the, the truth is, is just too hot to handle or they just, it would hurt us somehow. They, they believe, you know, it would fracture our brains to actually handle the truth in our, in our heads. So instead they just fill our, fill our minds with nonsense and, and then put it, you know, and then we never, we're none the wiser. But it's entertaining, you know. It's all very entertaining, but it all is brainwashing too. Every every form of entertainment is brainwashing. Sports, you know, all of them. I don't want to, you know. Rambo, you've been quiet. What's going on in your? What are you thinking? No, I'm asking myself like a, why I joined Twitter, and it was more like to for the PizzaGate kind of thing and. Do a bit of trolling on some hanks and stuff, and then it's just like <laughs> fell in, fell into this, yeah. fell into where we're at now. I know we kind of created a fun little group, a fun little crew. I, I just got a, I just got a DM from a guy who's proposing proposing to make T-shirts with Murph on the T-shirts and coffee cups. <laughs> That's a great idea, Murph merch. You sh- totally should. What, what would the coffee- it's actually a, it's a legitimate follower. It's not some weird spammy thing. <laughs> I'd buy that coffee cup. I would definitely buy that coffee cup. What would, what would it say? Would it have one of your one of your phrases on it? No, it has. It just has a profile photo of, of Paul Tudor Jones. Love it. Shit. Murphed. Murphed. I love it. I think that's great. I seen someone the other week post like your pitch didn't he and he said it like he's got a pink tie on us <laughs> oh that's right your profile picture does have he is wearing a pink tie isn't he well that's funny because i want to do a skit where because some some people actually think that that's me uh-huh oh for sure <laughs> i just i thought it was you when i'm looking at you you know on twitter i know i, I still think it's you yeah <laughs> I, I picture paul tudor jones like a, his side hustle <laughs> His side hustle, like when the markets close in Asia, he goes on Twitter and tries to decode all the psyops. He's like, is Tataria real? Were the mud floods just to muddy the waters? (laughs) Yeah. And Rambo, I picture you as a lion. (laughs) Yeah. A lion with purple eyes. Yeah, with purple eyes. Oh, oh, and were your purple eyes an addition? Did you always have the purple eyes or did you do that later? No, I've done that later. I used to have something else, but. I used to have like a star and I was getting all messy. It's like, why have you got the five pointed star as you pictured, oh. you know? Yeah. That's funny. So I thought yeah. I'd make it more so like purple eyes, really. <laughs> realize. Real yeah, realize. 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 That's right. Real eyes radio. This was a really fun one, guys. I think we, this is episode four. Gotta make sure you guys drink every episode. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, get the tiskies in for next week. <laughs> those tiskies and those whiskies. Yeah, for sure. This was, I, you guys are, this is, a, this really is the best part of my week. You know, we, we kind of play around in the sandbox during, during the week, you know, 
we kind of share things back and forth. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? And then we get to talk about it. It's fun. It's a, it's a fun way to, to kind of unwind from all the stuff that we've been collecting and thinking about throughout the week. Yeah, and you can't get it out on Twitter sometimes exactly how you want to right. say it, can you, do you know? Right. It's, it all sounds so serious. They're on Twitter. It's all so serious. But when you actually get to say it, mm-hmm. like, nobody seems to have a laugh and a joke. Sometimes I'll tweet things thinking people understand, like, mm-hmm. I'm having a bit of a joke and they don't. Everything's well. I I'm purposefully very serious on on Twitter, trying to do a little bit more humor these days. But I think there is something. Yeah, if people can't take. You had a good one with, with the Ben Stiller joke. Oh, <laughs> yeah. People really liked that one. Like Ben Stiller. <laughs> I'll stand by it. Actually, I don't even think that he's attractive. But now that I've had to like research it to back myself up in this thing that I said, I'm like, oh. Oh, oh. Is a bit of a and Ben. I, and there's this one where he's like he's like in Zoolander and he's wearing this plumber outfit or something and he's going down the he's like on the runway and he's like got his hammer and his anyway, obviously I've researched this and I think I've changed my tune. I think he's a I think he's kind of a hunk. <laughs> <laughs> this is fun though. This is really fun. Yeah, and we'll we'll have to um, see what this week brings again. <laughs> Rambo, what is it? <laughs> what is it, Rambo? We'll have to what? We'll have to see what this week brings again. Yeah, <laughs> what psyops are going to come this week? You know there will be. Yeah, def- definitely. I think definitely. Okay. Well, have a great night, guys. It was great talking to you. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.